everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 107 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to talk about those bad days. You know those days that you don't want to get out of bed or you feel sick, your legs feel heavy, you have no motivation, or you're just physically exhausted? What are you supposed to do on those days? When should you push through and when should you pull back? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so rough days. And as as usual, real life sort of inspired the episode. We've had some kids have some, some pretty rough races, some of our newer runners with stomach issues or side stitches in the middle of the race mm-hmm. where it just doesn't seem like it's going well. And they look at you with this look of like, coach, I just want to stop. And you're like, it's the one mile mark. You have two more to go. Yeah. You know, what do you do on those days? Yeah. And I mean... All of us have had those days. We're real life runners. So that means we are not elites. And even elites have these days, you know, but especially as real life runners, when we have all the other demands that our life is placing on us, there are those days where you just have no motivation to go run or you're just completely exhausted, whether that's physically or mentally or both. Right. I mean, and that's a huge one is what happens when you're mentally fried and you get to a workout where you, you push yourself towards your physical limits. Those physical limits are there because of your brain. Right. And we just had this with one of our athletes this week who showed up at practice like a half an hour, 45 minutes late because she was doing a a chemistry test and she just showed up late and she was just completely fried at the beginning of practice. And we had a tough workout that day. Right. It was was a weird one because she said she felt good on the warm up. And then as soon as she had to actually start pushing and straining her body, Mm -hmm. suddenly she was exhausted. She goes, I I don't know if I can get through this workout. She goes, I don't know where it happened. I felt completely fine on the Mm warm-up because at the pace where she wasn't straining herself, she didn't have to push mentally. Right, because when you're just going at an easy pace and like warming up or if you just have an easy run, you really don't have to think about it. You can kind of mentally check out and just go with it. But on those harder workout days or on those really long runs where you have to stay focused for a really long time, or if you're doing a workout where you're trying to hit those higher end speeds, you really have to focus. And that takes a lot of mental energy in addition to the physical exertion that you're putting forth. So that's when she started to feel it because it was causing her to then have to tap into that mental energy and that mental focus that she needed for the workout. Right, which was when I kind of brought up the, okay, here's the lesson that you're going to learn today of you have to tune out, you have to find another way to just keep going and hit the pace. And thankfully, I was I was able to run the workout with her. Yeah, I think that definitely helped her because she could just follow you. She could just stick with it. So you took out some of that mental challenge for her. And she gained the lesson of, okay, when I'm physically exhausted, all I have to do is hang on to the person in front of me. Yeah. And that's that's such a great tactic in a race is mm-hmm. I don't have to run the entire three-mile race. Like, yes, you do, but you don't have to be focused for the entire thing. For a bunch of it, you can just cling to the person in front of you and just ride them for a while without having to pace yourself. Yeah, and then when it comes time, then you make your move and then you need your focus. But for a lot, for a lot of the races, especially if you're not number one in the race, like as the first runner, then you kind of have 
have to be on the whole time. Or, I mean, like you've been in that position before as, as number one, can you kind of check out and just kind of follow the lead bike? You follow the lead bike and you hope that the lead bike tries to maintain their pace. Yeah. Depends on who's, who the lead bike is. There's, there's one guy at the local races around here that'll look back and he'll see like, Oh, it looks like he's slowing down and he'll slow down again. Like I'll go as fast as the bike is going. And if the bike keeps slowing down for me, then I'll keep slowing down also. Mm. So it depends on what's going on. I've had a variety of different people pace me over. Have you ever asked them to like go faster to like try to push yourself? Uh, No, don't slow down. (laughs) Just just keep going. I swear I'll keep up. I'll catch up. Actually, in the uh, the Key West Half Marathon, there was a giant puddle that we had to get through while runners were coming at us, and I passed the lead bike, mm-hmm. and he said, just keep going straight down this one. I'll catch up to you after the puddle. Why so, did you pass him? Because he couldn't get through the puddle on his bicycle as fast as I could run through the puddle. Really? Yeah. It was really, really deep. So I literally passed him. I leapt up onto the sidewalk, and he couldn't mm. get his, his bike up onto the sidewalk. Uh. So I leapt up onto the sidewalk and just kept on flying. Uh-huh. Like, okay, runners need to get out of my way. Bike, get out of my way. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is the pla- this is the direction we're going. I've got it. Catch yeah. up. But, I mean, most of us don't have a lead bike to follow. So we're just trying to hang on to the person in front of you you know so that's the thing though when that person starts to kind of fade and you're feeling okay then that's you just have to find the next person this is one of the strategies that we're teaching our runners now too is like just keep working your way up like you don't have to think about how fast you're going don't worry about your pace like just keep pushing yourself and get to the next person and then once you get to that person get to the next person like keep like it's basically a moving target right I mean that's such a that's a big one of make sure that you don't settle into a pace you're like oh no no I've got this person we're running well together well if that person starts slowing down Mm -hmm. that yes you're running well together but you're not going fast enough anymore you know you got to keep checking in with yourself and make sure that you're not in over your head but generally, the pain kind of increases throughout. So if you're just staying at a, an even level, you can pick it up again. If you're staying at an even level of discomfort, you're probably actually slowing down as the race goes along. Oh, that's an interesting point. Okay, one of the other reference points that, that got me thinking about, hey, we should do a whole topic on this, is one of the stories that I read in class. You know, I, I like to read these inspiring stories at the beginning of class, little short anecdotes. Um, and this is the story of the moth. Uh, some of our listeners may have heard this one before. It's uh, a nice little parable. And it's about a guy who finds the cocoon of a moth, and he decides to bring it home and watch to see what happens when the moth starts coming out. And mm. finally, there's the day comes, and he sees a little tiny hole in the cocoon. And he's sitting there and watching, and he can see like bit of the moth kind of start to come out. And he's watching carefully, and the moth kind of keeps pushing a little bit further. And it looks like the moth gets to a point that it can't get any farther. And the guy's like, oh, I don't think it's going to make it any farther. So he gets a pair of little nail scissors and clips off the rest of the cocoon to help the moth out. And the moth comes out, but its body's all like swollen and its wings are all shriveled. And the guy keeps watching, thinking that the wings are going to expand and the body will will shrink down and and it doesn't happen. And it turns out that the guy, in trying to help out the moth and remove the obstacle of the cocoon, actually hurt it because the cocoon the moth has to squeeze through this tiny little hole because when it squeezes through the hole it takes all of the fluid inside of its body and pushes it into the wings that way as soon as it's out of the cocoon it has the ability to fly because its wings are already fully fully grown and full and ready to go and its body has been shrunken down to the appropriate size so the guy in trying to remove the obstacle literally hurt the moth mm-hmm. because he was trying to help it. Yeah, so it's just that 
struggle that's necessary. Like the moth had to go through that obstacle and struggle to get out of that cocoon in order for it to actually let its wings expand and be a viable moth. Right. In order to actually reach potential, struggle was required. Struggle was required. And I think that's definitely true to an extent because through struggle, we learn more about ourselves or we grow in certain ways that we need to grow. So sometimes we look at things and we're like, why is this obstacle here? And number one, you're the only one that's telling yourself that it's an obstacle. I think that that's necessary to point out. Like it's only an obstacle if you tell yourself that it is an obstacle. Otherwise, it's just something that's there. It's Yes, it's just a thing. Right, because it's just your perception of it being an obstacle that it then becomes an obstacle in your path. But sometimes there are things in our life that are not easy. And running is definitely one of them. Running is definitely something that has taught me a lot about myself because I've had to push through. I've had to come up with new strategies. I've had to find different parts of myself that I didn't know were there before. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've, I've been really trying to get out of running lately is that success is a slow building process that you'll get to the goal. It's just not going to happen as quick as you might want it to happen. It's not necessarily going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can keep pushing, but you're not necessarily in charge of the timeline of how quickly you get to the results. Right. Because as runners, I think that struggle is kind of a part of what we sign up for. Oh, yeah. Everybody struggles. Yeah. I mean, whether it's emotions or motivation, there's a rise and fall from one day to the next. Shoot, even within a run. If if your run is long enough, you have rises and falls of motivation just within that run itself. <laughs> That's so true. And like... You know, it's important for you to set goals. It's important for you to keep running journals to help you track yourself to see how you're progressing. Make sure you have a plan because that helps to simplify the process. But even with all of these things, sometimes life can sidetrack you. Right. And it it doesn't really matter how big that event is. Like something can come up. And if you're not in a good headspace, it could be this small, little, seemingly insignificant event from the outside, and if you're not in the right place, you're going to receive that as, oh man, I guess I can't hit those goals anymore. Look at this giant obstacle in front of me. I won't mm-hmm. have time to exercise anymore, or I can't do this because this is what I have at work, so I can't do this in terms of exercise, or my family now needs this much time from me, so I have to cut back at work. Something's going to come up, and it's just a rearrangement of things. You can accomplish whatever you want. You just sort of have to make sure that you've got your priorities all set out. Yeah, because even the best planned, most motivated person out there will experience some sort of bumps in the road. Like it's just going to happen because real life just happens and sometimes we can't control it. But it's very, very important for us to remember that you are in charge of how to handle that adversity. Like, so when that bump comes along, you can still choose how you're going to handle it. You might not be able to choose what happens. Like, you know, we had a hurricane that was potentially going to hit us a couple of weeks ago. And so I know that I have a lot of friends that are marathon training right now for fall marathons. And so everybody was kind of scrambling to try to figure out when to get their long run in because it was supposed to hit us like on a Saturday. So there were people that were trying to schedule their long runs for Friday and trying to figure out what's going on. So Instead of seeing that hurricane as like, oh, 
you know, there goes my training, you know, like, which some people might do. Like some people might say like, oh, well, I'm going to miss it. Now I'm in, everything's messed up. Like, you know, my friends, they were looking, they were like trying to figure it out and they made it work. You know, it, it thank goodness we were spared and everything ended up okay for us. But you just have to figure out how you're going to handle that problem once it comes along because something is inevitably will come up. Yeah, the problems always come up and you just, you can't let it spiral. And even if like the hurricane had, had gotten closer and you lost a running day, if you missed the long run for mm -hmm. that week, that would also not completely derail your entire training program. Right. It's a run off of the months of training. So you can't let that one be like, oh man, I missed that long run. So the entire training plan is shot. It's not, it's a run. Right. But some people would like not know what to do. You know, like if you're not working with a running coach that you can just say like, hey, I missed this run. Now what do I do? Then they're like, oh, well now my weeks are all off. Now, like if I missed it this week, then what should I do? Should should I put that run on the next week? And then what happens to then? Does that just push back the whole training? Like people can get very confused and overwhelmed when it comes to trying to adjust on the fly. Yeah. As a, as a shortcut, as a little aside on that one, if you miss the long run, just miss the long run and move on to your next week. What if it was like their 20 miler though? That's why most marathon training planes should have more than one 20 miler put into them. But most don't, like especially the beginner ones, like the. Well, they should. Well, we're not talking about <laughs> what they should or shouldn't. Like a lot of the beginner marathon plans only have that one 20 miler. Right, and because so many of these plans out there have the one 20 miler, the the 20 miler has been built up as the magic distance that you have to hit in right. order to be able to complete a marathon. Right, and I mean honestly, if you hit 19 versus 20, is there that much of a physical difference? <laughs> difference no. but what about that mental difference yeah, you know that that's it is like then you're actually hitting a number with a two in front of it that's the same number that you're going to be hitting in the marathon right and so that's that's probably a, a big reason i think that's probably the most important reason as why you know the, the coaching plans out there suggest that you have to get to at least to 20 i think it's a purely mental thing that you've made it to two something 20 yeah. something whatever the, the something is yeah. um like there's a there's a big mental difference between 20 and 19 and a half mm -hmm. but there's there's really not a physical difference and if you're working with a coach they can try to actually rationalize with you and be like look 19 and 20 are really the same thing your body's going to be fine you were out there for hours right but you have to buy into that and you have yes. to like be able to trust your coach and actually believe it that that's going to happen because if you don't believe that it's okay then it's not going to be it's okay. Not okay. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. Like you are still in charge of how you perceive the situation, because if you're seeing this as a huge thing, that's totally going to derail you and it's just going to screw everything up, then that's what it's going to be. Like it will screw everything up if that's where you're choosing to focus your attention. Right. Cause uh, our emotions are then reflected in the outside world. Right. Like if you're super upset about something, the world's going to be like, Ooh, you're super upset. <laughs> I'll give you some things that you should be super upset about. How about this also? And this thing, Oh, are you still upset here? Try this thing. Mm -hmm. It's just going to keep giving you things to be more upset about, or at least you're going to look at them and see them only from a negative light and be like, ah, I knew I was upset for a good reason. Look at all of this that I have to be upset about yeah it's that whole idea of living from the inside out like that the world is a reflection of our own thoughts beliefs and perceptions so if you're looking at the world with a negative point of view then you are going to find 
things to support that negative point of view. That's just what our brains do. Our brains try to find things that support our current beliefs. So if you have a belief system that something is going wrong, you are going to find things that is that are going to prove that correct. However, if you change your beliefs and your thought patterns and your perception into yeah, this is no big deal, then you are going to find evidence to that end. Like it's just what our brains naturally do. Like we make our outside world reflect that, uh, what we're thinking on the inside. Right. And then it's not just the outside. Like we literally will have physical adaptations to that. So if you told yourself that that long run was super, super important and you missed it and you start the next week, you know, you're all nervous that you missed the long run and your training's thrown off. Let's say you check your heart rate on just like a casual relaxing recovery run and your heart rate's through the roof. Yeah. You're just like, Oh, I knew it. Look, I'm, I've completely lost all of my training. My heart rate is out of control on like a relaxing six mile run. Mm-hmm. I clearly that, that long run was so important and now I might as well not even run the race. Right. Or was it the fact that you have so much anxiety about missing the long run that your heart rate is now through the roof? And that's exactly what it is. But you don't have the perspective to see that because you're too busy being upset about things. I like that that you kind of said this to the girls this morning or was it yesterday morning or this morning about how if you are upset or angry, the world is going to give you more things to be upset or angry about. Is this my own personal story? Yeah, you want to tell the story? I came home yesterday, two days ago, in such a terrible mood. Yeah, I was telling Kevin, like we were at cross-country practice and I was like, have you run today? And he's like, no. And I could just tell, like he he had just not had a good day. Like I could tell in his mood, in his tone of voice, just kind of his whole demeanor. And I was like, well, why don't you go get, go get a couple miles in the girls are with my mom tonight like we don't have anything to do and you're like but we have so much to do and I'm like it's gonna be okay like you could still get in a couple miles just a short run and he he kept fighting me on it like he just did not want to so I just let it go I and then all of a sudden like I go home and Kevin's nowhere to be found and I'm like where is he and so then finally Kevin gets home maybe a half an hour after I do which I mean we left the school at the same time pretty much so I wasn't Oh, I thought we did. I, sh- I should say. I thought that we were. There was a leaving. little miscommunication. There was some miscommunication. So then he shows up, and I'm like, "Where have you been?" And, and you were like, <laughs> I, "And I ran." <laughs> yeah. Because. <laughs> Because I was under the impression that you had basically told me, you need to go run. Don't come home until you run because you're not in a good place. Go and get in some miles. Right. And so he basically got out of the car and he's like, well, I ran because you told me to run and blah, 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 blah. And like, he was like angry with me. Because the run was awful because I was in a terrible mood. But that's why, I mean, that's why I thought you needed a run. I was just trying to be nice to give you, you know, some time to go out and run. Right. But I, I was in such a bad place. I was not in the right place to go out and run. And the entire time I'm like, ah, I don't have time to be doing this. This is going to be awful. And so then my stomach is literally just like churning away while I'm running. So then it wasn't it wasn't a run that could help me relax. It was a run that was so physically uncomfortable that yeah. I turned around with like, I don't know, I was less than a mile away from school. And I turn around and just like get back into the car. I'm like, I, I, I got to go home now. And then I got home and then you were like, where, where have you been? I, I don't know why you weren't right behind me. And I'm like, Because oh. you never told me that you were actually going to run. Right, because I was under the impression that you had said, don't come home until you run. So <laughs> there was a little miscommunication and misunderstanding here. <laughs> Which I definitely did not say. So I'm, <laughs> wait, but you, we still got to get to the best part of this. So now I'm in this super mad mood. I'm, I'm now convinced that Angie is pissed off at me because I did go run because she told me to go run. (laughs) 
So, and I am so confused at why you're angry with me for like telling you to go out and go for a run because usually that makes you feel better. So I thought that I was helping things. Right. So so now <laughs> I'm just, I'm fuming. Like steam is actually coming out of my ears and I'm trying to bring That's in... just because your air conditioning in your car is broken. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> Thank God for fall. All right. So I've got all of my bags that I always bring into school. So I've got like my book bag over the one shoulder and the cross country bag over the other and my lunch bag and like a couple of coffee cups. And I, I eat oatmeal on the way to school in the morning. So I've got this glass bowl that I always bring my oatmeal in and I had shoved it into the top of, of my cross country bag. And as I'm reaching into the car to try and get everything out, the glass bowl slides off the top of the bag and shatters all over the driveway. So now I'm in a ridiculously bad mood and I have literally just an exploded glass bowl that's half on the driveway and half in the grass. So now I've got to like deal with shards of glass in the grass where like the kids play outside. So now I'm like shoveling dirt into a plastic bag to make sure that I have all of the glass so that a kid doesn't cut themselves a few days later. And I'm partway through this. I'm just like, well, this is just ridiculous. I should, I should really probably stop my bad mood before something else breaks. And and look, it's it's a lot easier said than done to be like, look, just stop being in a bad yeah, mood. Just be, shift your perspective. Just shift your perspective yeah. on life. As soon as you're happy, the world will give you other reasons to be happy. But I could at least get back to, to neutral. When I came back in, at least I felt I was back to neutral. I don't think you necessarily felt I was back to neutral, but I was at least no longer just like shooting daggers. That's true. You were not shooting daggers when you came in, and I just basically didn't talk to you though because like i was just like i don't know what the heck is i don't going know which on direction right he's gonna go yeah so it was it was kind of silent during our uh impromptu date night dinner that we had because the kids were with nana but you know sometimes that happens sometimes life doesn't go your way and you kind of got to deal with it and like kevin said i think this is the the hard part is that, yes, it's very easy for us to stand in front of this microphone and say, just shift your perspective and just see things in a positive light and just, you know, do the good things and more good will come to you. And don't put your energy and your focus on the negative. Like, that's all easy to say. But when you're in the heat of the moment, it is not always easy to do. And it's definitely the heat of the moment because <laughs> you were fuming. Yeah. And, and I knew all I had to do was shift. Like, all I got to do is just shift my perspective. I drove home. I didn't even have music going. I'm just, like, sitting there on the whole drive home trying to not be angry on the ride home. Just just be happy. Just be happy and grateful. Show some gratitude for this. And, and Angie, let you go for a run, and you should be grateful for that. And the whole way home, and I... It, it was not working. Like you were cursing me out in your head. <laughs> like, it sounds like an easy path. It, it's, it's not easy. It is a very simple path. Like, you just need to flip your perspective. It's a very simple thing to say mm -hmm. that I'm in a happy mood now, mm -hmm. but it's not easy to fully accept it. I don't think that you have to necessarily shift all the way to happy, though. And I think that that might be a mistake that some people make and then think that this is a bunch of baloney. Because I think what you said before of just trying to shift back to neutral is more of something that is more doable in a lot of cases because if you are in that place that you are very upset or angry or confused or just not in a good headspace to then completely flip over to I'm positive and everything is great and like everything is not always unicorns and rainbows we know that like but there is always something that you can look at and be grateful for always like whether or not you choose to see it that's up to you because 
you know, you could be just thankful for the fact that you have a car that got you home that day. Like you could be thankful for the fact that you have a wife that was trying <laughs> to help you, you know, trying to do the right thing. Like there, there is tons of stuff to be grateful for, but the, you know, sometimes that those little demons in our minds are like, yeah, but like, and you, you're like, oh, I'm grateful for this. Yeah, whatever, but this, you know, and they try to kind of argue with you and then you're kind of having this back and forth in your head. But the more you practice it and the more you try to live and notice those things, those positive things and be grateful for and certain things and act out of that sense of gratitude, the more natural that's going to become. Right. Then it doesn't feel quite so foreign to go from like a negative space to try and flip over and actually show gratitude but Mm -hmm. gratitude really is the best way to climb out of the hole yeah like if you feel yourself spiraling down start showing gratitude it it really does help pull you back out Mm -hmm. okay so when these days show up that are quote-unquote bad and again that's all just our own perception that we're going to call them bad days or we're going to tell ourselves that we're exhausted or physically tired or whatever it is I mean those things can definitely be real Um, there are those days that we just are fried and it's very difficult or seemingly impossible it's not obviously impossible but it's very very difficult to get yourself into a better headspace like what do we do on those days like when it comes to our training because when do we know when it's okay to kind of try to push through or when do we just pull back and say you know what like I just don't have it today I'm gonna have to throw in the towel on this one like I know I struggle with that like there are some mornings that I'm so tired when I wake up and I just, I'm like, I don't know if I should get out and go do this workout or if I should turn off my alarm and go back to sleep because I'm just wiped out. Like, yeah. so what do we know when to do? Yeah, this is a, this is a real tough struggle. Um, and there's, there's two voices inside of me. And one is like, one is what I like to call as like the runner voice inside of me. And it's the one that says, I don't quit. Right. Like there is no quitting. There is no throwing in the towel because I don't even have a towel. I don't mm-hmm. quit. That's the one that says fighting through the rough patch will make me stronger. Right. That fighting through will always have a benefit on the other side of it. And you just keep pushing. And there's, there's times for that. Yeah. And I think that that's how a lot of us are. I think that in, in, for the most part, most of us that are motivated and have goals set, like we are more willing to try to push through and struggle and just try to just gut it out versus knowing when to actually pull back. Right. But let me, let's be honest. We all have that other voice in there also. Oh, we all have that voice. We've got the lazy voice. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's uh, in my head. I picture the, the lazy teenager. That's, that's the picture I've got in my head of (laughs) the two voices. What they like, some people have the angel and the devil. I literally have like the fit athlete and the lazy teenager. Those are my voices in my head. Like the kids sitting on the couch playing video games with like a bowl of chips. You got them. <laughs> um, so and that, I have a Simpsons T-shirt on in perfect. my head for some reason. Um, that's the kid who says, "No, no, no, stop! It's totally fine. It's a bad day. Just toss it in, yeah. and and you're done." And that's it's not always a bad one, okay? Because sometimes it's okay to just cry or be sad or be angry, not to live in that mood, right. but sometimes those emotions need to come up, and you just need to accept that those emotions are there. You know, when tragedy comes up, when it's like a huge actual tragedy that comes up, you're going to need some time. You can't just 
you know, push it aside and be like, no, 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 I see the goodness out of this thing. You're not going to immediately see goodness and you're going to need some time to actually accept and process. There's going to be some sadness. There's going to be some tears. There's going to be some anger and that's okay. You know, sometimes the, the lazier side says, no, 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 you're not, you're not a better person from pushing through this. You should just take a a recovery time. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's sometimes good. And sometimes not, you know, sometimes it's okay to push through a little bit of sickness. Sometimes being sore and pushing through is okay, but sometimes it's a legit injury or you're really sick and you're going to be better off long-term taking a rest day, Mm -hmm. pulling yourself back, not trying something either physically or mentally challenging on top of already trying to overcome illness, Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't think that there's a preferred path. Right. I think that the best path is actually a combination of the two of them that uses some logic of when, when should you push through and when is it really appropriate to pull back? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, but when, you know, when is that time? That's, I think the thing that all of us tend to struggle with. And I think that I agree with you, you know, I agree that there are definitely times that it's good to push through because there are some times I know that I've started out a run just exhausted and I go out there and I actually do really well in the workout and then I'm really, really happy that I did it where if I would have not done the workout that day, then I would not have accomplished that. You know, so there are times that I think that our brain is telling us like, no, this isn't a good idea today. I'm too wiped out and we push through and it turns out okay. And then there are those times that, if we continue to try to push, it's just not okay anymore. Yeah. So, so pushing through when you're, when you're like mentally empty, when you're feeling sort of fried or frazzled or whatever you want to call it, you're going to get some benefits out of that when it comes time to race. Mm -hmm. Because if you're trying to push through a workout and you don't have like your normal mental tricks because you just don't have the mental focus, you find new strength that you might not have realized was there anymore. You realize that the well that you're digging from is actually way deeper than you thought it was. Well, and you don't know how your mental state's going to be on race day either because you know, when you race, you don't know what's going to happen the week before your race. Like what if something happens? Like you might not be in a good mental headspace on the day of your race. So if you have those training runs where you are fried and you decide that you're going to push through and you find new mental strategies, then you have those new things that you can tap into on race day. Right. I mean, this goes back to the story we said at the beginning of we have that athlete and she came out, she'd just taken a really hard test. And so she was mentally shot and it was like, okay, well, should you just go for an easy run? Should you just skip it today and go home and take a nap? Like what's the best approach on this one? Mm -hmm. And I looked at the workout and the workout was eight by a quarter. And that's less than she's going to race. The whole workout was like hard effort was going to be less than 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I think that you can get through this. So you kind of do the risk reward off of this one of what's the worst thing that can happen. And I didn't think that she was going to have like long-term physical repercussions. I didn't think she was going to get sick by doing the workout. And because the the volume was relatively short, I didn't think that she was going to be exhausted like four or five days later. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still early enough in the season that if that workout was still weighing on her like two or three days later, that was going to be okay. I thought that getting through that workout, the benefit, the possible benefit of saying like, wow, these new adaptations that I was able to find, this new way of getting through it, this new skill that I learned had a better chance than the possible risk of Mm -hmm. still being sore like two days later off of it. Yeah, and it proves to her that even on those days where she's completely out of it mentally, she can still go out and run really fast. Yeah, I mean, it it was a great workout, and I kept telling her, 
especially after it was done. Like while she was in it, I didn't give a whole lot of talking because she just had to get through it. But mm-hmm. afterwards, I'm like, I'm so glad that you had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Not just like a meh day, but like it was an actual bad day and she still had to gut through the workout. Yeah. Because it's going to show up. We got a few races still to go mm-hmm. and one of them could be a bad day. And knowing that you can do it in practice is really helpful before it comes time for a race. Right. And I think that when you do it, Every now and then, it's not a big deal. I think where it becomes more of a problem, like you said here, is when it becomes that day after day of exhausted running because work and family are just leaving you spent and you're just not in any of it anymore. Like your your real life is affecting your training and your training is affecting your real life in negative ways. Yeah, so you're not showing up for either of them. Right. You feeling almost drained in in both aspects. Yeah. You're you're almost flailing and struggling in in everything. You've got this goal and you feel like it's it's slipping away because you've got so much else going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that might be a good time where it's like, okay, it's time to t- take a step back and reevaluate things. Like if you have a race that you're training for, if you have a goal that you're trying to hit, like how important is that? Like where do you stand? Like how where are you in your training? How close is that race? Can you do some adjusting, you know, because that's where it starts to get once you feel like you're not showing up for your running and you're not showing up in your real life for your family and your work and everything else that's going on, then I think it's just time to reevaluate and kind of figure out, all right, maybe I need to pull back a little bit here on the running. Maybe instead of having some of these harder workouts, I can switch them to make, put a couple easy days in. Like there's adjustments that can be made. Right. Until you feel like you've got, it's not balance. Like the word, I always try and bring that up, but it's not a balance in your life, but you start feeling like, like you're more in charge of what's going on. Like Mm -hmm. you've got some control of, of your emotions for this and you're not like just feeling like you're drowning in all aspects. You throw in some easy days. If, if you're really feeling it, then you, you take an off day that wasn't even planned. You're like, all right, I just need an off day on Mm -hmm. this one. just so that I can get my head back above water. And sometimes that off day can work wonders. Like it's unbelievable sometimes what one or even two days off can do for you both physically and mentally, especially if you're if you're just achy like the body is just hurting and if you need an extra off day even if that's not in your plan sometimes it is better to take it and not to be the hero that's always pushing through like I think that a lot of us gain that sense of accomplishment and that sense of you know being the fighter and not letting anything stop us and that's a big part of who we are as a runner but sometimes pulling back and knowing when to take that rest day or take that off day or change that workout into an easy run is really important too. Right. I mean, that's almost just as as challenging is mm-hmm. to, to say, no, today I need an off day. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not an easy task either. You know, you we all want to go to that one where you can actually fight up against something, put an obstacle, I will crush it, I will knock it down, and I will keep running. Mm-hmm. But it's also a challenge to say, no, actually look within yourself and, and listen to yourself honestly that you need an easy day or you need an off day. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, 
you don't want to be taking too many of those easy days or off days or lazy days because then that can screw up your training. Like if you miss a training run, if you miss a couple of days, it's not going to be a big deal in most circumstances. But if you keep missing day after day after day, that's when it starts to become a problem. That's when, you know, pulling back, maybe you're pulling back a little too much too. Right. Because like I mean- it can go both ways here. So once you've made it through that, you know, quote unquote, rough patch, once you've gotten over the illness, your legs are feeling better, it's okay if you're a little sore. It's okay if you're a little sick. You got to keep your your routine going. If you start kind of stringing together the the off days of, oh, no, I need another recovery day, you might not. You might just be in a bad cycle and now you're just not keeping your habit of exercise anymore. So you you need the recovery days thrown in when you need them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to put an extra one in, but you probably don't need to start up a string of just off days. Yeah, I like to kind of go by the idea of like try not to ever miss two in a row. Like, so if you have things, sometimes life gets in the way. Like if you miss a workout, if you miss a run, if you need to pull back on something, okay, fine. But then get back into it the next day if you can, okay? Now, like Kevin said, sometimes if you get really sick, like some people get the flu or something happens or you twist your ankle because you you fell during a run and you actually need a few days off. You need more than one day. That's a different story, okay? Listen to your doctors, obviously, if you're in those kinds of situations. But there are times that, you know, we just need it for like a mental break or a a physical break and then you got to get right back into it if you can. All right. So how do we actually put this together? Like when do we push? When do we not? I think one of the good ways of starting this is to really clearly set your priorities. Mm -hmm. When you prioritize the major factors in your life, then it becomes easier to decide when you should push and when you should maybe pull back a little bit more. Yeah, I love that you just had a conversation with one of our runners about this last week too. Like one of our runners came to... Kevin and was talking to him and just was like coach like this year is just so rough already like he was just feeling overextended because of all the different commitments he had he had cross country and soccer and student government and a bunch of honors and AP you know courses so he was just basically being pulled and stretched in a million different directions. And unfortunately, he kind of set his priorities and cross-country was not at the top of the list. Right. And that's unfortunate for us as his coaches because mm-hmm. it'd be cool for us if he put them at the top of the list. But he prioritized school towards the top of it, yeah. you know, and he's got a, a SAT prep class and his actual course load and he's got a lot of things. And I'm like, okay, so you, you set your priorities. He thought I was going to be all upset with him. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Uh, kid, you you set your priorities. Now when you make the decisions, look at your priority list and decide where you're going to put your effort. You can only spread yourself so thin. So put your energy into your highest priorities and we're low on the list. So when you can make it to practice, cool. And if you can't, okay, because you've prioritized those things. It's unfortunate, but you know, in the big picture, he learned the life lesson. It, it'd be helpful for our team if he was out there at practice, but for his life, it's much more helpful that he learned how to prioritize things and put his energy into the top priorities. Yeah, I love his response to you also. <laughs> like, he, Kevin, like, basically told him this and just said, okay, well, then you have to write down your priorities. And if something comes up, then you compare it to your priority list and say no to the thing that is a lower priority. And he kind of looks at Kevin and is like, wait, it's that easy? Yeah, and there was like there were a couple other kids in the room. They're like, "Wait, that's that's how you do it?" Yeah, like yeah, 
Yeah, pick the big giant things in your life, rank them, and then when you have to choose between them, you don't have to choose. You already rank them. Mm-hmm. You have to put some time and effort into the ranking, and then when a new thing comes up and you're like, ooh, do I have time for that? Well, that's priority number six, so do I have time to put it above one, two, three, four, and five? Right. No, I, I don't have that time. Yeah, and once you make that priority list and when you figure out what you know, is a priority over the other things, when you prioritize those major factors, it becomes much easier to decide on any given day if you should push through, you know, if you should do that workout, if you should do whatever it is, like even outside of running, like what are you going to do that day? Like if you have your priorities in order, it's going to be easier for you to make that decision. Yeah. If the factor is important enough, then the bad day simply has to be overcome. Yeah. Like there is no question like, oh, that's priority one. I can't, yes, I might not be at my best, but I need to be there and I need to give it what I can give it that day. But small events that are low priorities can totally be skipped, especially if you're not even going to be at your best at that event in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a lower priority and it's seemingly at the time to the other people there, it might be important, but to you, it's low on the list. You can skip that. Tell them, I'm not feeling today. I'm sick today or whatever it is. Let them know that, that you can't be there that day, but you've made your priority list. It lets you know what you push through and what you shouldn't. Yeah, because I think so many times as real-life runners and real-life people, we, in general, want to make other people happy with us, I would say. Most people would want other people to like them, to be happy with them. And so a lot of times we say yes when we really shouldn't. Like there are so many times where we really need to learn how to say no to people. And prioritizing things is really going to help you to know what you should be saying no to and what you should be saying yes to. Because if you say yes to something, you're actually saying no to something else. I think that's really important to point out because if you're choosing to spend your time doing this one thing, that means you're not choosing to spend your time doing anything else. So if that one thing is a high priority, then way to go. Like you've made the right decision. But if that one thing is a very low priority for you and it's causing you to spend your time away from your higher priorities, is that something that you really want to be doing? Yeah, that's a really good point of every choice you make to do one thing is a choice to do, to not do every single other thing you could possibly do doing right then right it's one yes is actually a lot of no's put to it Mm so no empowers you to be able to say yes to other things right and so when these things in our lives come up we have to decide if showing up you know good enough is okay or if that event or whatever it is requires your best on that day so for example If your child has like a piano recital and you have the flu, like your child, your family is your number one priority. That's what you, you know, when you've gone through and ranked your priorities, family is number one. So regardless if you're sick or not, if you're not on your deathbed, you are going to be at that recital. Right. You're going to find some way of making it You're going to figure it out. Like you're going to make it happen because your kid is depending on you. But there are other times in your life where you need to be bringing more than just good enough. Like maybe you have a really important presentation at work and good enough is not good enough. Like you've got to be at the top of your game. Otherwise, you could miss out on something really huge. Right. So this may mean actually postponing the goal or putting off the event, putting off, you know, the workout if you stay in the world of running. Sometimes you have to push the timeline on things because 
you're not at your best and that particular thing requires your best. Like we're always preaching strive for greatness in all things that you do. But sometimes it's a bad day and striving for greatness is cool, but being good enough is going to make it work if the priority is high enough. Like, okay, well, I'm going to struggle. It's not going to be great, but at least I'm going for it. This matters to me really high that I just show up. Mm -hmm. And other times you're like, okay, it doesn't matter that I just show up. It matters that I show up on my A game. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're not on your A game, you have to postpone. Yeah. Because maybe your goal is not just to complete that race. Maybe your goal is to hit a PR and that PR is kind of a stretch and kind of a reach that day. I always found this to be very interesting when I watch elites do their races, like especially like marathons, like, Oh, so-and-so pulled out of the race. I'm like, why would they pull out? Like, I don't understand it. And it's because they were in that race and they realized that that was not their A game that day. They didn't have it that day so instead of gutting it out and just finishing the race in like 10th place they didn't care if they got 10th place or not if they weren't winning that or if they weren't you know breaking some sort of record or you know a lot of them have sponsor deals that they need to get under a certain time if they weren't going to be able to do that and they already knew that it was better for them to pull out because good enough was not good enough that day. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a tricky path to head down. Like, yeah. if you look at the starting line and there's a bunch of elites all wearing the same, the same jersey from the same sponsorship company, usually only three of them are getting paid out off of that finish line. Yeah. So if you're not bringing it that day, it's better for you to literally drop out of the race mm -hmm. and say, oh, no, no, I DNF because I was hurt mm -hmm. than to finish fourth on the number of people by that sponsor. Because if you finish too far back too many times in a row, they'll just drop your sponsorship. Which is so crazy, right? So, but So you see a lot more elites pull off right. than you do, you know, your, your everyday runners. Your real-life runners. Yes. Right. And so I think that's what it is, is, you know, look at the goal that you have. Is your goal to finish and good enough is going to be good enough that day or is your goal to hit some PR or really high level where you really need to be on your A game and just showing up on the line is not going to be enough that day because you know you're not going to be able to hit that goal. So then if you know you're not going to be able to hit that goal, is it worth it for you to run the race? Right, cuz I mean if the race is a marathon, good enough might not be your PR, but it's still going to be physically exhausting and you're going to be spent for weeks after, especially if you're slightly sick, mm -hmm. you're, you're done and toast for two to three weeks. Yeah. And so then when's the time that you're going to be able to ramp up and try it again? Yes. May, maybe you can push it. Maybe you can work with the race people and they can push your registration to the next year. A lot of the races will let you push it to the next year. Mm -hmm. And then you can find another race in a month yeah. and, and you will be able to actually run at that one. You'll actually be physically prepared for that mm -hmm. one. You know? Yeah. And some people don't want to do that because they're like, well, I've already paid the registration fee. And it's like, okay, that's a hundred dollars. Like, and a hundred dollars can be a lot of money. I'm not trying to downplay it, but is that $100 worth what you're going to have to go through to achieve that goal or possibly not achieve that goal? Like, I just think you need to, that needs to be a conversation because I think some people will say that like, well, I'm registered, so I have to do it. And like, you don't actually have to do it. Like yeah. you can still choose not to do it. It's up to you whether or not that's a high enough priority that you are going to do it anyway. 
Yeah. Is, is the hundred dollars enough to, to do it and miss your goal? Mm-hmm. Like is the hundred dollars worth the mental distress of not reaching your goal on that particular day? Right. You know, and then there are other times where you can't push the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I put this one down cause I, this one is, is a big thing that we go over every year with the kids on our team. The state meet doesn't change. Like the state meet is the day and doesn't matter if you're sick that day. It doesn't matter how you feel that day. The state meet is that day. And so one of the lessons that we always preach to the kids is I don't need you to run a PR today, but I need you to run the best that you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Like whatever the best is today. And I'm going to ask you at the finish line, was that as good as you possibly could have done? And there was a kid last year who was on the verge of tears because they didn't run their season best on that day. And I'm like, did you run as hard as you possibly could have today? Like, coach, that was everything that I could give you. Like, then what are you upset about? Like that was everything you could possibly give. Mm-hmm. Was it your best? No, you were not on your A game, but it was the state meet and you gave it everything you had. And as far as I am concerned as your coach, good enough was good enough. Way to go. You you were there and you went as hard as you possibly could on the biggest stage that we've got. Yeah. And it was good enough. Yeah. So I think the lesson here is really that we need to embrace these bad days because they are just a part of the process. They're a part of the training. They're a part of our runner journey. Like ever, like we always talk about, it's that runner journey. We cannot know the good days without the bad days. I think that's an important thing to point out that somehow we've missed in this whole episode. <laughs> Way to get it into the conclusion. Yeah, but I mean, like you can't fully appreciate the good stuff if you didn't struggle, if you didn't have some of the bad stuff in there. Like it's the bad stuff that makes the good stuff taste so darn sweet. Yeah, if you just keep rolling in and every practice is just phenomenal and every race your legs feel awesome and mm-hmm. you just keep running, then you wouldn't enjoy any PR mm-hmm. because there's no struggle to it right it's just something that you did yeah like it and, and then it would get boring i would say yes yeah, so then you'd have to find something where you can feel the struggle so that you can feel the accomplishment mm-hmm. that's that's part of the challenge is if you don't enjoy the struggle you have a couple of routes either you stop doing it because you're not willing to put in the struggle to then reach the success like if you don't really fully enjoy what happens by going through the struggle and achieving the goal in the back end, then you're going to stop struggling and you're going to stop moving forward. But if it's also not a struggle, it's going to get boring because you're not actually going to accomplish anything. Yeah. So we have to embrace the bad days, understand that they're going to happen, gain what we can from them because there are lessons to be learned in all of them. I think that we have to look at our priorities to figure out when it's a good idea to push through and when it's a good idea to pull back, make sure that we're not just making excuses and allowing ourselves to get off easy, but at the same time, still understanding that sometimes that easy day is really exactly what your body needs. I still think it can be confusing as to when it's a good idea to push and when it's a good idea to pull back, but that's ultimately something that you've got to figure out for yourself. And the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. No, it's just one more of the things that you can experiment with on your running journey of, ooh, should I push this day? And then you push that day, and the next day you're just completely exhausted, and your legs are like, wow, nope, that was not the day to push. And you you learn the lesson. You're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to take it easy for a couple of days. And you learn the lesson. That's always how the running goes. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So that about wraps up what we have for you guys this week. Those bad days are going to happen, so just learn what you can and keep continuing down that runner journey. So for now, it's time for us to sign off. If you um, haven't already, please leave us a review on iTunes. We would absolutely love that. And come follow us over on Instagram at Real Life Runners. And if you're a little confused about your training, maybe you feel like you need a little guidance and you are thinking about possibly hiring a coach, we would love to help you. We do personalized coaching and you can find out some more information over on our website. We do um, accept a limited amount of athletes because there's only so much of us to go around and we want to provide the best services that we possibly can. So if you are interested in some personalized coaching, we have an application over on the website that you can fill out. So if that's something that interests you, just head over to the website, realliferunners.com and click on coaching where you can find the application there. So as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us and joining us today on episode number 107 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Now get out there and run your life.